0: Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dindy I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On The Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer. Caregivers and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complementary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side, LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement hello everyone this is Talaya Dendi from on the other side. life and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today our very special guest is JJ Flizanes. JJ is an empowerment strategist and creator of the Empowering Minds Network. She hosts several podcasts, including People's Choice Awards nominee, Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. JJ works with conscious, spiritual truth seekers who want to remove emotional blocks to success. She helps people identify sabotaging patterns and transmute struggle into joy. Through a series of clarifying exercises, she is able to curate a personalized roadmap to emotional healing. JJ is passionate about empowering people with the knowledge and awareness of how they can live the life of their dreams. JJ, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome.
1: Thanks, Talaya. Thank you for inviting me.
0: My pleasure. JJ, please tell us what is an empowerment strategist and what led you to do this work?
1: An empowerment strategist is someone who seeks to help people feel empowered in all areas of their lives. And of course, it creates a strategy to do so. When you talk about emotional stuff, brain kind of things. People often don't create structure around that. So let's say minus meditation or journaling, you know, you might be given some exercises or some recommendations on how to do certain things emotionally, but generally the right brain. And when people relate to emotions, it's a big jumbled mess of just feelings and emotion. And that's fine. That's what they should be to a certain degree. It is energy. And we need to express that energy because if we repress the energy, it creates disease. But at the same time, when we swirl in the emotion and we don't have a plan, we don't understand why we're there or how to get out of it or what we really need, then we stay stuck in that. People are divided into two groups. There's more than two groups. So I'm going to just simplify right now <laughs> that we have sort of left brain dominant group who thinks about everything, but are afraid of their emotions, afraid of letting go of control, afraid of letting go of their ego. And I don't mean that in a kind of a cocky kind of way. I mean, like your identity, who you are, why you're here, what you're about. People feel very attached, especially if they like their ego. They're very attached to that and they don't want to let that go and they don't want to feel out of control. So when you're in the left brain category, you have a hard time letting your emotions exist. It's all about repression and control and even like high vibing it away. Like you don't want to feel it. So then you overcompensate to think positively, but the energy is still in you. It's a lack of acknowledgement and the lack of feeling secure and safe to have emotion, to break down, to cry. So many people come to my events or that I work with and I say, you're not going to die today. Crying is not going to kill you. I promise you the crying out, you know, but they fight the feeling. They don't yeah. want to let it out because they have judgment about it. They think it means they're weak and it's actually the quite opposite. So we have that category and those people need to feel. They need more feeling. Okay, on the flip side, we have the right brainers who have no problem having emotions all day long every day. But the problem is that they stay stuck in those emotions. They don't have a strategy to get out of it. They don't understand what it's really about. They're probably a little bit in victim mentality, blaming everybody else around them for the emotions that they have. They don't understand that from an intellectual side or from an analytical side what's actually going on here. They just know they feel all these feelings and they feel good about feeling the feelings, but they have no idea how to get the problem solved or how to get to a place where they don't feel the feelings again. Okay. So I took those two people into a balanced brain approach, which is why I called myself an empowerment strategist, because in every area of life, from your relationships to your money, to your health, to your relationship with the world and death and dying, there is a place to feel empowered and always a place to change the story. So when people feel empowered, they don't even know what that means until you get there. And then when you feel self-sufficient, when you feel not victimized by circumstances or other people or environments, you realize how you really can, Attract and take care of so many things. And you have the tools and the influence to do that, that you don't need to rely upon other people. And so many times people feel somewhat victimized, like they're stuck and they can't be happy unless this circumstance changes or this person does this or does that. So that's how that came to be. And it's after years of taking the structure of the body in a personal training way, because again, we have the structure and then we have the function. You have the anatomy and you even have physiology, but those sciences and kinesiology is kind of a dumb science. And I'll say that because kinesiology is based on the body, not in motion and not in gravity. Everything changes. The forces on your joints change completely the minute you add in gravity and force. But kinesiology is about the way it was studied was literally like a bones laying on a table and how things connect. Okay, cool. But that doesn't include force, doesn't include wear and tear, doesn't include inertia. So there were so many things not looked at. So same thing with emotions and the brain. People think emotions, stress is another one. People think men especially don't love the word emotion. It makes them feel, I don't know, mm-hmm. masculated or something like they can't admit they have emotions. But what people don't realize is stress is emotion. Stress is about an interpretation that causes a negative feeling that you call stress. But stress in our society must mean you're successful, must mean you're smart and juggling a lot of things, must mean that you're doing something good in the world if you're stressed out. That's true but it's not. It's just a fancy way to say, I have a lot of negative emotions, but I'm going to want you to congratulate me on them by calling them stress.
0: Thank you so much for explaining that. And then also turning around the way that we look at it and think about it, because you're right, JJ, a lot of people think if I grind, if I'm doing all these things and I'm feeling the stress, that must mean that I'm winning in life. And you're right. It's really making you sick actually. And so for people to make that connection, the mind and body connection is very important. Absolutely. JJ, you touched on this just a few seconds ago, and you said repressed energy creates disease. Please tell us more about that.
1: Well, first, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Have you ever felt embarrassed? Yes. Yes. What (laughs) happens to you physically when you feel embarrassed?
0: I get this warm sensation, like my palms get sweaty. I'm just like, I feel flustered and my heart starts racing.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Have you had like a deep fear? Like being startled? What happens in your body when that happens? Oh, of course you kind of jump. And then it's just
0: like, it happens so fast. And my brain just starts really trying to process things really quickly.
1: It's almost like a feeling of fight or flight. Yeah. And maybe things like seize up. How about if you are nervous about something Mm or you're really, you're about to do something really big, go on stage in front (laughs) of a lot of people or say something for the first time. What happens when you're nervous? Heart starts racing.
0: Sometimes breathing gets quicker or more shallow, I should say. Again, sweaty
1: palms. In the difficult. stomach? Do you have any like butterflies in oh, the stomach? Yes. yes. Digestive stress, maybe low constipation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely in the stomach for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So these are physical manifestations of an emotion. So if you carry around feeling self hatred or anger for a long period of time, what do you think happens there? Because it's energy. I feel that. And, yeah. and this is where there will always be a physical manifestation of an emotion if it doesn't get released. Because it's like taking in air, it's like taking in a big deep breath and not letting it out we've taken in this energy energy's been created because of the interpretation of either something you've witnessed or a memory that you had or something in your subconscious so that got triggered about a memory that you have or you're looking at the future and you're making up stories in your head and you're starting to feel emotions that's creating energy and we are built to process emotion quickly like in and out and in Chinese medicine and I have a whole 90 minute presentation on this if anyone wants to watch it you can go to my website it's free It's how emotions heal disease or create or heal disease. And in Chinese medicine, each one of your organs represents an energy center for an emotion. So for instance, lungs are grief. The liver is anger. Your spleen is worry. Your heart is joy. And when we understand, and then the kidneys are fear. So when we have in Chinese medicine, they don't acknowledge a tumor. There is no cancer in Chinese medicine. What we have is stagnant energy. That's still your body, not something outside of you. It's literally your body reacting to your body, whether it be that cells are killing other cells or cells are coming together and creating a tumor. Chinese medicine doesn't acknowledge that. They just see stuck energy because they work on the meridians and the energetic flow of all of your organs and your whole entire body system. So if that's what it is, and we're looking at stagnant energy, then we can look at and we can identify Based on both the meridians and this application of emotion in different organs in Chinese medicine and chakras, we can look at the chakras. If you have lower jowl, which is your second chakra, your sacral chakra, your sexual energy, your power center, your creativity, if you have any cancers there or lower back pain, we're looking at a lot of repressed anger and emotion because that power center, and that could be from many different things. People often get bronchitis after someone in their loved one has died. Why? Because they have all this grief, It's unprocessed grief. It's why Christopher Reeve's wife died of lung cancer. Mm -hmm. She didn't smoke. Mm -hmm. She had years and years of unprocessed grief. And not that she was ever necessarily going to survive that because she went from where he was to her taking care of him and then probably really mourning for her own life. And that whole thing, she didn't smoke, but she Mm -hmm. got lung cancer. So this is where emotion literally is our life force and our chi is our life force and it's all connected and To me, cancer is a wake-up call. You have an opportunity to listen to the call of what it's asking you to do, which is usually change your life about 180 degrees. Yes. (laughs) And if you're not willing to do that, you may continue to get more messages or reoccurrences that say, nope, you're not there yet. Nope, you're not there yet. The body will tell you, you just have to be listening. So Mm -hmm. that is where our emotions are where it starts. The repression or holding on to emotions is where it gets stuck and then the body will give you signals. And if you're not paying attention, the signals will get bigger and bigger until it's so big you can't ignore it any longer.
0: Thank you so much for explaining that so well. I think there's still a lot of work to be done in health where they're making the connection between the mind and the body, emotions, including all of those things and getting to the root cause. JJ, generally you believe that cancer is connected to a person giving up on an energetic or soul level. Please tell us
1: more about that. Again, it's a wake-up call. It can be looked at a couple different ways. It has been said by many of the physicians that I work with, especially Dr. Nasha Winters, that cancer is the ultimate disconnect. When I have worked with people in the past or currently with cancer patients, I have to assess quickly and I'm not here to do that. Some people mm-hmm. manifest cancer because they're done. They're done. They're ready. They want to go. And maybe they're not conscious of that. They're just so overwhelmed and feeling, what's it worth anyway? You know, I've tried and it's not working. And they're just ready. They're ready to go. And so this is their way out. But some people don't realize that that's necessarily their belief, like they say, because they're trying to stay alive for other people in their lives. It doesn't mean that they can't turn that around. But ultimately, someone has to want to be here. They have to want to feel that they have some kind of purpose. And in this disconnection that cancer is, from your body, they have to be committed to reconnecting, which means you have to be committed to feeling and you have to be committed to being uncomfortable to learn something new and to allow the things you've been holding on to, to be released. And I know a lot of people I've had to, over the years, differentiate. And I also did it to tell people like, well, how we're different. I don't really work with people that don't listen to my podcast. So by the time they come to me, they're ready. And I don't have to do anything because they know what I offer. They know what I'm about. They feel me, they resonate with me and they're ready for the path. I don't really try to work with people that don't know me because I have to tell you who I am and what I do. And I don't really have time for that. That's why I have a podcast. And now that's why I have a network (laughs) because I have tons of free information that you can binge on for a long time and get a lot of great tools that you don't even need me for a while. It's when you get to the stuck place of, okay, I've done all this and I'm about as far as I can take me. Here's where I need more help because I can't see what I can't see. But I created a talk called the three reasons why talk therapy is ineffective. That is also on my website and it is also free for anyone that wants to watch that 90 minute presentation. But when it comes to, you know, it's because people don't necessarily, and some people do love therapy and again, no disrespect to the therapists that are out there that are using a ton of different tools and really get in there and do all kinds of different amazing work. But I've heard and experienced, doesn't mean everybody is, but I've heard and experienced a lot of therapists that just ask you how you feel Mm and keep you stuck in your story yeah. And there's never three years, five years, seven years later, you're not that much better. And that's not what I do. And men especially don't less than love therapy. Why? Because you go and you talk about what's going on with you right now and you have a problem. And then, or if you're in a couple situation, maybe there's some resistance and then maybe around the 35, 40 minute mark. Oh, now we're starting to get somewhere. 10 minutes later, your session's over. And you walk out feeling crappy, thinking, why did I come here? What This did not feel good. And nobody wants to not feel good. But the That's point is, crazy. if you understand that you have to feel it to heal it, but you don't have to sit in it. That's mm-hmm. the difference between coaching and therapy for me is when you come into a coaching situation, especially with me or one of my strategists, we'll identify the problem in the beginning. There may be a need for an emotional release somewhere in the middle, but I promise by the time we're done, you are feeling better than you did when you walked in. Uh-huh. Hopeful, empowered, and lighter. That is what therapy should be in my opinion, but it's often not. And people right. think, I don't want to talk about these past things that have happened to me, A, because I don't want to do it for five years, B, because I don't want to sit in this emotion and I don't want to feel these feelings again. And I'm not suggesting that you have to sit in it or feel it for a long periods of time, but you do have to go through it. So how I usually work with people is I have a course called the Roadmap to Emotional Healing. I have made it so that the doctors that I work with that refer to me I want their people to do the course first to pre-qualify for a match, but they can also get a lot of the tools without me nice. doing this course on their own. And we look at from a diagnostic situation, we look at your core wounds because if we don't go back and at least identify them. So this one exercise takes about an hour to do, but it literally shortcuts a couple of years of therapy because I don't need to hear every story about everything. It really dials it into a very specific list of questions and answers that can identify your core wounds the way you react emotionally, and then how you react, what do you do? And then we get to look at that, make a map, basically, of your triggers. I had somebody come recently who wanted to do my three-month beta program, and she said, I think I need more than three months. And after hearing her story, I said, I agree. I think you need the six month. And then she said, JJ, I've spent so much money on self-care, and I've spent $200,000 up till now when I did Dr. Joda Dispenza's work and I've done blah, 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 the work where work. Yeah, But I still don't know why I do this and why I feel this way and why this keeps happening. And I went, oh, you'll never say that again. <laughs> My program will tell you, you'll never not know again why you reacted that way, why you feel that way, why that keeps happening. You will have all of those answers. Now, will you be healed by the end of it? Maybe not, but you'll never once again say, I don't know why this happens. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know why I keep doing this. You'll know all those answers. JJ, for the people out
0: there who may not be familiar, please explain what core wounds are.
1: When we are born and our caregivers are giving us care, we are unable to communicate in many ways for many years. And we have needs and those caregivers don't necessarily know what all those needs are. And we're unable to communicate those needs and we're not even conscious a lot of time of those needs But you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and ways of looking at the world and interpretations. And so the parents do the best they can to do what they think is right. And usually a child from zero to seven or eight doesn't know how to tell them any differently. So core wounds are created from zero to eight, at least. You can have more as you continue through your life because patterns get repeated. So Mm -hmm. let's say there's a certain age group of people and they're like 50s to 60s, probably grew up with parents who said children should be seen and not heard, which would create a child feeling invisible and devalued. So those would be two core wounds, being invisible and devalued and not feeling not good enough is another core wound. Feeling abandoned is another core wound. So we want to look at what happened to you and what are your core wounds. We can't say everybody's are the same because they're not. Most people have some level of not feeling good enough. We can slap that on because of how you're caregivers didn't give you what you wanted and you in your mind, in your subconscious assess that must mean they don't love me or I'm not good enough to be loved or that I'm not good enough for them to do what I want them to do. But it really is just all miscommunication, but they create a wound. And the fun thing about it, if I can say there's a fun thing about it, is that once you find it, Once you understand them, you can see the entire pattern of why you've done everything, why you chose the job that you chose in the career path, why you married the person you married, why you have the friends that you have, why you like to do the things that you like to do. It's literally all there. And it's so clear. And it's just a great way to have a structure and create a map and a plan for someone to do this emotional work so that we know where we're going. We can make choices based on you personally, and you can make choices based on you personally about what you need versus what happens in the emotional realm. People go to therapy. And they just think I'm supposed to go to therapy. Okay, cool. What are we going to work on? I don't know. Let's keep talking until we find something. Or they meditate and they go, okay, I'm supposed to meditate. What am I supposed to get from meditation and why am I doing it? I don't know. I'm I'm supposed to feel calmer, maybe less stress. I don't know. But we do these things and we don't know why we're doing them. And we don't have a benchmark of when it's working.
0: That's true. JJ, why do you think emotions are the least looked at part of disease and healing? Is it because it's just simply not taught? Or what are some other reasons
1: why you believe... It's not part of healing. It's not looked at. One, it is only recently being organized into data. Dr. Kelly Turner wrote Radical Remission, and she Mm -hmm. interviewed 1,500 Radical Remission cancer patients, and she extracted the data from that and made a hypothesis about the nine things they did. And out of the nine things, five of them, I believe, are spiritual, emotional, and mental. They're not physical. Okay, so that's a study. Most people don't study this because it's hard to study when there's not concrete data. If hopefully in the future, maybe we can even like test people's frequency levels. Yeah. That would be something I'd love to do. Not the research part because that bores me. I want to work with people, but I would say, hey, why don't you go test these people's frequencies? and tell us where they vibrate and then go through these processes and see where they vibrate next. So you can see the frequency increase in the person as they unload and work through and heal and let go of some of these pains and stories and belief systems that they carry with them that aren't true and that don't serve them. The other reason is because it's hard because most people aren't taught ever to be comfortable with their emotions. Most people run from their emotions. (laughs) That's why most most people are control freaks. They don't want to feel their emotions. The minute they start to feel something that makes their body feel uncomfortable, they eat, they smoke, they shop, they get on 10 different devices. They have ants in their pants and they run around and walk around and find something to do. They go to the refrigerator 20 times a day, you name it. There's a ton of different ways to repress your emotion. And that's what most people do. It's normal. It's not healthy. It's normal, but no one has ever taught you how to do it differently.
0: That's so true. JJ, you mentioned being disconnected from our bodies. What are some ways that cancer patients can reconnect to their bodies? and learn to listen to their bodies.
1: Well, you have to get quiet. And rather than meditating and trying to listen to something like a guided meditation or just trying to quiet your mind, why don't you just tune in to your body? Do a body scan, sit quietly, close your eyes and do a body scan. Start at the top of your head and start to think about muscles in your hair and your skin and your bones and your organs and all the different parts of your body and just slowly move through your body and see what feels tight or what feels... Off or out of balance, or whatever the sensation is. If you can get into feeling the sensations first to connect to the body, and then from there, sit and ask, What's that about? and see if you get a picture that comes to your mind, or you get a word or a voice that says, Go see the doctor, or I don't know, or something that says, Hey, go take a nap. It's a practice because you're creating new neural pathways of connection. In the disconnection process, we close off and shut down, thinking, I'm going to go back to my personal trainer brain. When you have an injury, whether it be topical or internal, muscles will stop firing around the injury because they don't want to activate blood flow because the inflammation will start to gather around the injury in order to start to heal it. And so they don't want any activity in that tissue. Same thing on top. If you have a skin issue, you normally cover it and you don't want to do anything around it. But what happens is things start to disconnect from it for the healing process. But the problem is if we don't reconnect it when it's done, now we have pathways that have been closed and not reopened. Just like when you're driving your car and you go your favorite route and somebody shuts it down and you're like, what the heck now? Where do I go now? route you and it's frustrating and it takes longer and then they never reopen the path again. And you're like, well, how come that, right? So it's the same thing in the body when you go into disconnection for whatever reason, traumatic emotional response, physical response, you have to reconnect and we're again not taught to do that in most therapies even in some physical therapy they don't do it very well on a physical side sometimes but it's again that neurological connection not just the moving of the parts so it starts in the brain always starts in the brain the reason why i didn't retire sooner from personal training <laughs> is because i'm a really good personal trainer and i ask people To connect with their muscles and turn them on without moving. Most people have the experience of a muscle working when they're moving it. But I used to teach people how to contract it without moving, connect your brain to it and contract it without moving. When you can do that, you have control over it and a clear connection. So now there'll be less injury because we know that it's connected. But if you're trying to connect, you're trying to do things and your body's disconnected. So I would say just sit and connect, think about, feel into, listen to, See if visions come colors, whatever, everything is acceptable. But what happens is most people go to war with their body. Forget war with cancer. They go to war with their body, which means that you think your body is the enemy. And that's the first disconnection. You have to come in back inside. Uh, One of my clients has had breast cancer three times and she found me after the third time. So I wasn't with her for the first two times, three times. But she has a lump and she was here with one of my groups or either on a VIP day or something. And we were in the pool and she said, to me, I'm just going to get it cut out when I go home. And I just looked at her and she said, what? I see your face. What are you thinking? She's like, you don't agree with me. And I said, look, I can't tell you what to do for your body. You have to be the person that decides that. But let's just like look, take a step back. If this is cancer, this is your fourth time. What's the message and what's the lesson you haven't learned yet? Could it be that you keep thinking this is something outside of you, which is why you keep cutting it out? How mm-hmm. about, and she does Chinese medicine, she does acupuncture. And I said, why don't you maybe think about that this is your body? How would you treat it if this was your body? And she thought about that for a long time, at least a couple of weeks. And then I heard back, and I see her regularly. She said, I went to the acupuncturist and I wasn't going to say anything until I had somebody else validate what I was feeling. But the lump was softer and smaller. When she just changed her mindset to make it her body and the love that she had for her own body versus this foreign thing, she could reconnect and the body goes, oh, okay. So now there's more work to be done, but generally speaking, what lesson have you not learned yet? And she's fighting it tooth and nail, but <laughs> because again, changing habits is hard for a lot of people and you're afraid. And that's why people don't do this to lay because they don't know that they're up for it. Yeah. And they also don't understand how good it feels on the other side. They don't know what the freedom, the confidence, the security, the trust, the flow, the ease. They don't know what it's like on the other side because they're not living it. So all they keep thinking is more struggle. But it's like, no, struggle through it or whatever, however you want to phrase that, to get to the relief on the other side. In today's society, we want things fast,
0: quick, and easy, but healing is not that. When you really heal... It takes time. It takes effort. And you have to show up and do the work as well. Create that space for your body to do that in a good environment. Get your mind in the game, but it takes time. And I think, like you said, a lot of people don't want to commit that time and effort into it. And for some people, it could be scary.
1: Absolutely. But I just had this thought that I wanted to share. If I was to say to you, And whether you have been, want to be, don't want to be, whatever, that's not the question. Just pretend along with me that you're somebody who might want to get pregnant. If I said to you or is pregnant, let's say you're pregnant and I say, okay, we have this new fun method where you're going to give birth tomorrow. I'm going to give you all these drugs and I'm going to put you through this process, this machine, and you're going to give birth tomorrow. Do you think you'd do it? No. Why? It just sounds risky. And it's like, I don't know what to expect. And that's not natural. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's not natural. Yeah. So why would anybody think that healing, that something that took years and years to build up, that your terrain was so out of balance that one, that you're going to have some kind of quick fix, it's going to erase your entire life experience and relationship to all of how you interpret life. Right. Yeah. The quick fix is the addiction everybody has. To keep their emotions repressed. That's the addiction. Piece. That's the quick fix people think they have. It's the pill. It's the antidepressants. Well, there are some things that can help you, but it won't still, none of it's going to be a quick fix. Even I've been diving into the world of, of psilocybin and psychedelics because of uh-huh. their power to open up parts of your right brain. But even that's not a quick fix. Even the people that have a huge experience that release the fear of death and outlive their diagnosis, it still doesn't teach you how to be present in this 3D world with the old stories. Some of them will be wiped away. Some of them will be wiped away, but they all won't be. And so there is a little, again, there's the balance of both sides of the brain that need to be activated for true healing to happen. It's not just an idea. It's an integration of the feeling of the idea. And it's not just an experience or overwhelming flooding of the right brain, which is amazing and can be transformational one time. But still, we want to come back to a place of understanding who I am in this world and what I believe because those belief systems create your interpretations, therefore your emotions, and therefore your life experience.
0: Thank you for explaining that, JJ. Makes perfect sense. But again, we're not taught to think that way or even think that deep. A lot of people are just not going to go there. One thing I want to go back to, JJ, is are core wounds and emotional blocks the same or are those two different things?
1: Two different things. Okay. No, I would label... A core wound as a need that you have that never got met by your caregivers that you have spent your entire life trying to get met. An emotional block would be the inability to change a story or understand what's going on to get your need met and holding on to. So I can have a core wound, but really be really good about expressing my emotions, right? The emotional block is when I don't allow my emotions to be. And I'm not comfortable in them. I don't embody them and I don't release them, but I hold on to them, whatever it is. Emotional blocks can be things that we second guess in ourselves, which allows us to not ask for what we want or not reach for what we want our lives to be. Emotional blocks are stuck energy and you can release emotional blocks and not deal with your core wounds. They're yes. not the same. They're not related.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, they can be related. Oh, absolutely. They can be related, but they're not the same. Thing they're not the same. They're not the same thing.
0: Gotcha. Thank you. JJ, often when someone receives a diagnosis, they're not sure what they need. What are some ways that they can identify their feelings and their needs? Okay. So I
1: have a, where is it? I have a free gift, (laughs) another free gift. This one you cannot find on my website though. without without the link. All right. So there is an exercise called the feelings and needs list. And I call it the three steps to effective communication. This sheet, this feelings and needs sheet, plus another one is included in a free gift that I have. And that link is not public. It's jjfilzanes.com forward slash feelings list, feelings list. So first we have to identify what the emotion is. Step one, what am I feeling? Step two, What need is not met that's creating that feeling. And this exercise is extremely simple, but it is not easy because we are taught to say I need, okay, so in the case of a cancer patient, let me just say, let me guess. All right. I am afraid because of my need for, now someone might come down here and say, let's see, health is not on here, but we have peace, play, collaboration, authenticity. Yeah. Health is not on here and healing is not on here. I don't think either. Because that's a need is stuff like acceptance, belonging, consideration, empathy, awareness, clarity, growth, hope, inspiration. Okay, hope. That's probably what it is. I'm afraid because I have a need for hope. And maybe this just happened to me this week. Or No, at the end of last week, actually, not the cancer conversation, but me being somewhere where I had taken a test and I had been given the results and the prognosis of what I needed to do did not feel at all in alignment with what my body was like. No, it rejected most of it. I was like, no, this is not the first time this has happened to me. Sometimes you're in a little bit of shock. Sometimes you're feeling overwhelmed. And definitely I was feeling overwhelmed by all of a sudden I have to do 20 more things on top of what I'm already doing. And I was like, no, no, this is more simple than this. Nope. All this physical stuff. Nope. This is not where I need to be. But when you have that cancer diagnosis and you think you're going to die, oh my God, am I going to die? Yeah. You got to face that you may die. Guess what? We're all might die. But you think, well, there's a bigger probability of me dying now that I have this cancer diagnosis, which might not even be true either. If you look at statistics of our crashes, but for some reason we don't compare or dying from the flu, which we don't look at that either. So there's other things that, but cancer is this gets this, oh my God, when really 50% of the population is living with cancer all the time. But because we've made cancer to be this bad guy that's now outside of you, that's attacking you, and you're now a victim of it, that whole story is what makes people go crazy. So if that's what you believe, okay, just know that when you're the victim of the story, you never win. Mm, <laughs> the victim doesn't win, true. the victim stays the victim. That's right. So in order to like the win at this game, you can't be the victim, and cancer can't be the bad guy. Cancer has to, you have to change that bad guy into maybe the guy that comes to, he's the catalyst. Yeah, or she the messenger. Is the, the messenger. It's just the messenger. Yeah. So when someone doesn't know what they need, even without having a negative experience, my recommendation would be take this needs list. There's 86 basic human needs on it, and forget that you have to have a bad story or some kind of traumatizing moment. Just go through the list right now and say what need is not being met in my life right now. Am I being acknowledged by myself, not by others? Do I feel acknowledged? So it doesn't mean you don't want to blame other people, but do you feel acknowledged? Do you feel, do you have awareness? Do you feel beauty or do you have beauty in your life? Do you have celebration in your life? Do you have clarity? Do you have closure? And if you go through the list and circle half of them, then tackling one at a time and starting to get these needs met for yourself is going to put a little bit more back into you, be investing into you that you're going to fill your cup with all these good feelings, which helps your body heal. So when you have cancer or anything, I know this is a cancer podcast, but it could be really any diagnosis, anything, which, yeah. which makes somebody nervous because you trust the doctor. And I have a couple different stories about my own time with a doctor who wanted me to do one procedure and have surgery. And I was like, no. And I went through three different, four different doctor appointments, all of which told me to have surgery. And at the time, when I got to the third one, even though it didn't resonate, so when something resonates in your body, when your intuition agrees with it, you feel relief. When your body doesn't agree with it, you will have a negative reaction. So I cried every time. and I don't know why it took three times, but by the third time I was hysterically crying. Like I was trying to schedule a surgery, hysterically crying. And I had to finally do like a, wake up JJ. Hello, McFly. Do you see yourself right now? <laughs> you are crying hysterically. Right. That must mean you don't agree with this. So I canceled it and I never had it and I never needed it. And you're just fine today. Oh yeah. I had a different procedure, but it wasn't surgery. And it wasn't even the last person that I worked with. She wanted to do something different than I suggested. And I said no. Anyway, and she's the expert. She's the and I said no. And my partner was like, Oh my God, are you gonna die? I'm like, I'm not gonna die. And then the second doctor said, You make me nervous. And I said, Why? Oh, because (laughs) this bad thing could happen. I said, and this good thing could happen too, right? She said, Yep. I go, that's what's gonna happen. And that's what happened. But you have to trust that your body will tell you. And I waited until my body told me. In fact, what I ended up doing, the procedure I ended up doing, two years when I first started this path, this one procedure was told, no, 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 this is dangerous. Don't do it. My body said to me, go check it again. Two years later, go check it again. Now the science says the opposite. Oh yeah, this is great. Go ahead and do it. It's perfectly safe. You got an alignment with your body. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know that your body is where most of your subconscious is and it will talk to you every day. It will tell you everything if you're listening. So start to reconnect and start to uncover where you're not paying attention, where you're not loving yourself, where you're abandoning yourself, where you're treating yourself as you're invisible, where you're not telling yourself you're not good enough because and that's the only way to heal a core wound is to give those things to yourself. And by taking the action that scares you and doing the opposite of what you normally do.
0: Yeah. Your story that you just shared, it really confirms the importance of not making those decisions quickly. Give yourself time to take it all in. And like you said, check in and see how your body's feeling. You don't have to always
1: make those tough health decisions right in the moment. Right. No, in <laughs> fact, you shouldn't because you're out of alignment. And let's just make a basic quantum physics law of attraction comparison here. Your intuition talks to you when you're in alignment not when you're out of alignment. So when you're disconnected and you're in fear and you're in reaction, you're literally always creating. So what the value of meditation is being able to come back to neutral is to be able to stop negative momentum and come back to neutral. And if you just do that, then your body naturally wants to be well and naturally wants to have positive momentum. It's your thoughts that create the negative. So if you've gotten a diagnosis and now you're literally traumatized, you're completely out of alignment, you're in fight or flight, do not make any decisions from that place because they literally are not connected to you. You do not know, which is again, why I'd go to the doctor. They'd have the conversation. Nope, you have to have surgery. And then I would get so frustrated and I cry. That's why when I was making the appointment, I thought, this is ridiculous. Why did it take me three times to get this? This is very clear, JJ. So then, but you go be in alignment, you get in your body. And then from there, Even if it's to have surgery, that will feel good to you if that's the right decision. But you can't make it from being out of alignment. You can't make it from being in a negative momentum. You have to be in a positive momentum or at least neutral. Yeah, (laughs) at least neutral. Come to meditation, be in meditation, really (laughs) feel grounded and then ask your body, do you want this? Will this be helpful? Do muscle testing, learn how to muscle test and see what that says
0: any of your podcast or free information do you get people started with muscle testing and being able to control their muscles without
1: moving and things like that not for it's- free okay gotcha. i mean muscles without moving yes there's a video on my youtube which is jeddifilzaines.tv there is a video there in the fit to love movement mondays playlist that talks about how to, it might be mind-body connection or something to that degree. It's me standing up with my toe pointed, anyway, with a red jacket on. Anyway, but that that definitely that is on there somewhere because that was a huge part of exercise and how I'm different as a trainer and what I was trying to teach people as a trainer. So that exercise is on there about connecting to your muscles. And that's a good place to start because if you can connect to your muscles, then by default, you're going to start to connect to what they feel like and then what's underneath that. So I think that would be a good plan. In terms of muscle testing, nothing in the free stuff. Sorry, that's
0: okay. You're giving away a lot of good stuff. So that's perfectly fine. JJ, as I mentioned, you have several podcasts. Please tell the audience a bit about spirit, purpose, and energy, as well as the nutrition and alternative medicine. What kind of information can they get from listening to your podcast?
1: So Fit to Love is where I started and it was a six day a week show. And it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and each day had a different theme. The theme on Mondays was Movement Mondays, and that was a video. Tasty Tuesdays was a video on easy paleo, gluten, and dairy-free cooking. Easy. That's the whole point. It was easy, healthy cooking. Then Wednesday was alternative medicine and things like that, nutrition. Thursdays was about the mindset and the psychology piece. And Fridays was about spirituality, law of attraction, astrology, intuition, meditation, soul levels. And my Saturday was my relationship and sexuality day. All right. So I had the show for two years. I created about 350 episodes in about 18 months wow. and decided that I am too specific about all of these things. Like the keywords that I would use for them do not align under one umbrella that no one's going to know under fit to love that I'm talking about law of attraction. No one's going to know that I'm talking about meditation or spirituality under that umbrella. No one's going to know that I'm talking about the metabolic approach to cancer or radical remission under fit to love. So I needed to take and to separate these six days a week into six new shows. So I repurposed a lot of the content originally from fit to love, and then I put sort of new content on them. Right now, five of my 12 shows have the same exact content. So if you come onto the podcast right now, most of the time, 99% of the time, if it's an episode that I'm airing on Spirit, Purpose, and Energy, it's also on Nutritional Alternative Medicine. Now that is not always, if you go back in the whole book to the beginning, they're different. Because I originally was taking what I already had and p- collecting them and putting them on one show. So the first 30, 20 to 30 episodes on each of those shows might be different. But at one point after I did that, I thought, well, I have this new episode. Why not put it everywhere? So now I put it everywhere and I don't do completely new content for those five shows. So... If you start at the beginning of Spirit, Purpose, Energy, it will be very different than Mm -hmm. starting at the beginning of Nutritional Alternative Medicine. But once you get past the first 30 episodes, everything moving forward is going to be the same.
0: Wonderful. I'm assuming that they can be found on any podcast player platform?
1: Yes. If you use Apple, everything, not everything, but a lot of what I have is organized under the Empowering Minds Network. So if you type in Empowering Minds Network, all the shows will come up. You can type in my name, JJ Flizanes, F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S. Also, they'll come up that way. If you type in one of the podcasts, and because you have one specifically that you're drawn to, the Empowering Minds Network will show up and all the other shows will show up also. So really, any way to get there is good. Just get there.
0: Just get there. I agree. JJ, if people listen to your podcast, they're interested in working with you and learning more. Where can they find you? What's your website? JJFlazanes.com. All right. That's easy enough. And I will share all of this information in the listen notes. JJ, is there anything else that you would like to share before we end today?
1: If you are feeling disempowered, if you are feeling depressed, anxious, scared, just know that there's a lot of information and a lot of tools that you probably don't know about yet and that healing doesn't happen in that emotional space. Healing happens when you feel good. Healing happens when you have trust and faith and hope and belief and connection and love. And that's that's where healing happens. Dr. Bruce Lipton wrote the book, Biology of Belief. Your biology is reacting to your beliefs. So if you want to change how your biology is reacting, change your beliefs. And again, I've had many people write to me and say that their lives have completely changed from listening to my show because of all the tools that I give for free, and I've never seen them, met them, they've never paid me for anything. So there's plenty of free content if you're willing and if you're interested. So know that there is hope, there's always hope, and there's a reason why this is happening. And I think it's a wake-up call to wake you up into a better life that maybe you didn't know existed before now.
0: I love that, JJ. And thank you so much for all of the information that you have shared for giving people a different perspective and some new things to think about when it comes to healing, all the amazing free information that you provide. Thank you so much, JJ. I appreciate you. Thank you, Talia. A pleasure to be here. Thank you. Before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, follow or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.